welcome back to Women for Women Wednesday on My Opinion. I'm really excited today. I have an amazing guest. I want to welcome Tracy to My Opinion. Tracy, welcome. Hi, Maya. Thank you so much. I appreciate being here. It's a pleasure to have you. So Tracy, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Uh, well, my name is Tracy Brown and I am a physiotherapist by trade. Uh, which basically is a physical therapist, but I work with doctors instead of having my own separate degree. And I like that because I love bouncing my thoughts and opinions between doctors. And, uh, and for the last 11 years, I've actually specialized in scar tissue therapy. And I do that using a device that actually um, scar tissue, tight tissue, trigger points, uh, tears in you know, soft tissue, that's all considered uh, confused tissue. I work with a device that actually reorganizes confused tissue and it's pretty, pretty fabulous and pretty amazing. And then I feel like I'm on Star Trek most of the time. Yeah, it kind of sounds like you are. That's it's fascinating. Great. <laughs> it's, really cool. it's really cool. Yeah. So I want to go back to, you know, your story and your history and how you got to where you are right now, because that's really what fascinated me so much about you. And I know I've already shared a little bit with you that I am super into the military and hearing people's stories about their experience in the military because there's a lot of lows <laughs> in that experience and highs, but you were in the Coast Guard. So I would love to hear your story, what, what brought you to the Coast Guard, your experience through that and how that plays into what you do today because I know it does. Yeah, uh, you know, and really all everybody's past, our past really, creates who we are and, and whether we want to spin it in a way that it's a blessing or we want to spin it in a way that it's not. And so for me, uh, the Coast Guard, you know, the military was the furthest thing from my mind. I was a bit of a rebel uh, growing up, uh, quite a rebel, mm -hmm. which was why my stepdad pretty much was every time I talked to him, he's like, you should go in the military. And um, so, you know, one thing led to another. I was just kind of not in a great place. And I a friend of mine, she said, well, I'm just going to join the Coast Guard. I actually went to the recruiters to get enough information to talk her out of it, which was hysterical because I ended up, you know, doing a few tests and taking their ASVAB and, you know, they're like, hey, we'd really like you. And it's like, are you joking? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> you know, a funny way of getting in. But uh, and this was in 19, 1983, I actually went in. So we're going back a long, long time. And um there weren't a lot of places for women. Although the Coast Guard was really great because it was such a small organization that there were, it seemingly there was more opportunities for women than any other, any other branch mm -hmm. in my estimation. I could be completely wrong, but it seemed like that way for me. And so when I went in, uh, I actually wanted to fly helicopters, but I was too short. So I really don't like people telling me that I'm too short to do anything, but they said, you know, you'd be great on small boats. And I'm like, all right, well, let's go that way. So I ended up uh, after boot camp uh, getting stationed in San Francisco, where I had an opportunity to be one of the uh, few uh, swimmers on small boats. Um, now I cannot call myself a rescue swimmer because they now have a designation uh, for rescue swimmers, they have a swimmer school. They that whole thing. They did that didn't come about until 1986, and I had already uh, moved on from San Francisco. But I was considered a small boat swimmer, so we did the same things. We just uh, didn't, you know, get to train the way that they get to train now, and we didn't get to jump out of helicopters like they do now. But uh, but you know, I jumped off of uh, plenty of boats into very cold water to hopefully save people. And and wow. it's, 
it's interesting because I, I wrote a book called Rescue to Recovery and it, it's a play on words because we, um, we would go out always anticipating rescuing people. I mean, you always go out there with your plan is if they're in the water this long, they're doing this, the weather's this, this is where we're gonna be with them. And nine times out of 10, we would end up doing a recovery of a body rather than the rescuing of a soul. Wow. And so that's what really took its toll on me as far as um, trauma going forward. So mm -hmm. that's kind of a little catch up on the, on the Coast Guard stuff, a very condensed picture, but I'm sure we can go into more of it as, as you'd like. Yeah. I mean, I can only imagine what that would be like going in and, and having to have that mindset. How long were you in the Coast Guard and how long were you jumping into to the water to rescue or recover? I mean, that's, yeah. wow. That's intense. I was, uh, I was uh, four years active and then an extra two years inactive. Uh, my duty in San Francisco was almost two years uh, so 83 to 85 ish. And then I went to, I actually went to school for navigation. So I became a navigator as such. The, um, uh, designation was quartermaster. And back in those days, the quartermasters were navigators and, and, uh, you know, taught folks how to drive boats and in, in gnarly weather and all that kind of stuff. Sure. Uh, that has since been rolled into what's called the boatswain's mate, um, designation. But, um, I was there for for, I was probably doing search and rescue for close to 18 months. And in that time, uh, we picked, you know, back then the Coast Guard was really, we, were, we did two things. We were search and rescue, you know, safety of life at sea. And we did a lot of law enforcement. So, and, and you can imagine in the 80s, um, you know, there's a lot of people that believe that uh, cocaine built Miami in the 80s. Sure. <laughs> And it, it built a lot of places. And so there was a lot of, lot of drug traffic that was going on in the 80s. So we did a lot of drug intervention as well. So between search and rescue and that, it was, um, we were busy. <laughs> we did a lot, of, a lot of stuff. Plus we were also, you know, if somebody was stranded, we'd have to go out and help them too, you know? Sure. So they're taking on water. So it went from one extreme to the next. Um, but we did, a, I did that for close to 18 months. Wow. That's yeah. intense. So intense. Yeah. yeah, I think I would be done at that point. <laughs> you get pretty done. I mean, it, it really, I call it insults to the soul when you have such intensity and that adrenaline that it is and the letdowns, you know, you're going in there with such a high and such an expectation. We're going to go rescue these people because that's your mindset. And, and then you end up, you know, really pulling a body out of the water and it really, really took a toll on, on a lot of us. Wow. Yeah, I can imagine. I love, I love how you're saying that too. And insult to the soul. That's a, what a beautiful statement because yeah, you've got high hopes. You want to be this hero in a sense, yeah. right? This heroic thing. And yeah, you feel like yeah. you're falling short and it has nothing to do with you, but you don't know no. that at the time, right? right? You feel like you're a failure every single mm -hmm. time because you're just not there in time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we didn't have, so they have a, the Coast Guard has a, a lot more money than they did in the eighties. They're under the uh, Homeland Security now, but, and they have really fast response. You know, we were, we were really, really doing well if we could do 20 knots on the water in San Francisco, you're barely doing that because just half the time the, the weather's just gnarly. Oh yeah. But, you know, nothing good happens you know, or nothing bad happens in great weather. You know, it always happens in bad weather. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. you know, so yeah, yeah. so it, you always felt like, like you were failing every single time you went out or I, I did. And it's just like, you, you just couldn't get there soon enough, you know? Yeah, that's, that's intense. So yeah. after the, all this experience, you decide to 
you, you're done after yep. being inactive too. Yep. So what was next for you? So next, uh, you know, it was interesting. And, and I hear this from a lot of uh, folks, they, they put it in different ways. But when you get out of that high intensity, especially guys coming back from, you know, combat zones or whatever, you're, there's such high adrenaline. And athletes go through this too, like elite athletes and, and pro athletes, you know, the adrenaline, and once they get retire, they feel almost uh, bored. It's, mm -hmm. almost, it's like this, it's like, you know, could there's, there's nothing close to enough excitement. So I, I, I actually experienced a lot of depression early on. And part of that was the PTS. And part of it is just that adrenaline letdown. But what I did have, uh, you know, being a swimmer on the boats, I had a lot of training in, you know, medical training. Um, I shouldn't say a lot because back then they didn't really give you a lot of much. <laughs> Here's enough to get you yeah. by, <laughs> you know. So I had a three week intensive on uh, emergency medical, you know, training and that kind of stuff. Uh, just enough to get to somebody from our boat to an ambulance. But, uh, but, and I was, I was actually um, kind of going back further in life when I was eight years old, I was burned very severely. And so I was in the hospital for uh, a good three months and an outpatient for 10 years. So I've always been fascinated with medical, with the medical uh, field. Yeah. So in getting out, I actually ended up uh, working with um, some doctors and real, and I became a physiotherapist. And so I really started a journey about 25, 30 years ago in the world of physio, physical therapy kind of stuff. That's incredible. Yeah. And I mean, this, so this was even going back to when you were a child that you've had this connection. So yeah. it's yeah. so interesting, Tracy, because every single woman that I bring on Women for Women Wednesday talks about an experience they had in their life, but there's typically something in childhood that has happened to them that has led them to, you know, where they are in their life right now, or their kind of life calling. And I find it so fascinating. So yeah. it's, it's interesting. Yeah. It's very interesting in that uh, there's a lot of people and I have a coach and, and, you know, Tam, Tam, look, she's, mm -hmm. uh, she's amazing, but you know, she, her, one of her sayings, and, and I don't know that it's hers per se, but you know, a lot of people believe that we are who we were when we were four, you know, or I believe that. Yeah. When we were a kid, that's, that's really who we are in our essence. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I don't have a lot of memories before that. I've got some that are memories because I've been told what they are, but I don't have vivid memories. Uh, and part of it is due to the trauma of the burns that I had. Um, I don't remember much before I was burned. So, yeah. Um, so I, I, you know, I got to figure I'm, I'm who I was when I was eight, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So you, you revert to those things and, and they're your passions. Mm -hmm. you know? And when I work with people still, even if I'm working with them, just kind of one-on-one -on -one with people, it's just like, well, if you didn't get paid and, and you just would just wake you up, what would you do in life anyway? What is your, what is your motivational gift in life? And I know mine is, is healing. I really, I really believe that I am here to help people heal. And these days it's really morphing into the whole, you know, not just the scar tissue of the physical body is what I've been doing for 11 years, but the scar tissue that's on our soul. And those are, those are, those are big things, those are, you know. I know you started to share that with me when we were talking one-on-one. -on -one, so I want you to dive a little bit deeper into that because I love that you're marrying the fact that, I mean, I just love your whole background, but I love the fact that you're marrying, you know, our physical scars Yes. to our internal emotional scars. So tell me a little bit about how you work with people and, and build those two things together or tie those things together for people, because I think people do isolate those, um, those two components 
so often. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I, I really see people grow and, and be enlightened and, and live their best life, like people say, yeah. when, when they embrace both, right? And it's a marriage between the two. So I love the way that you're wording this. So tell us a little bit about how you um, work with people to, to kind of bring this together. Yeah, well, you know, it's very interesting. It's um, in my belief system, I'm kind of very, um, uh, I, I, functional medicine, people have used that word, uh, integrative medicine, they use that. But it basically what it is, it's, it's marrying the East and the West in, in many ways, as far as thought processes in the medical world. And in the East, they don't separate the difference between um, mind, body, and spirit. You, you don't separate them. They are one, you cannot treat just one. And so in my, in my world, um, although I, many of the scars physically that I'm dealing with, they're due to a physical action that has happened, whether it be overuse or, or blunt force type trauma or an immediate trauma. Um, but at the same time, I, I've noticed certain illnesses that a lot of people have, whether it be an immune disorder or whether it be certain things that they're dealing with. Uh, you know, They say three fourths of all disease starts in the gut. Well, the gut is where we actually hold our emotions. So we really can't separate those, those things. And so I take that into the physical world of scar tissue and, you know, scar tissue in the physical world is called confused tissue. So um, scar tissue is just the tissue itself being confused. And when I explain it to people, um, if you think about a ball of rubber bands and if you stretch them out and line them all up, that those fibers should be nice and lined up and they stretch really well. Mm -hmm. You know, they work together to contract and, and expand. Well, that's how our fibers in our physical body work they contract and they expand. But when there's a a trauma, a physical trauma or an overuse, what happens is they start to knot up a little bit and then you don't have quite the mobility that you would normally have and then you tend to have pain. And many studies have showed that scar tissue, 90% of the pain in our body is due to scar tissue, which is fascinating to me that if if you can't separate the spirit from the, or the soul from the, or the mind from the body, Mm-hmm. then you have to, my understanding would be that 90% of the emotional pains that we have is due to scar tissue or traumas to our soul. And so um, it, that's where I really kind of put the, the, the dots together, if you will, when I was doing all this work with my, with this tool that I use that reorganizes confused tissue. And I would say for, you know, each patient is like, okay, you have to understand that we have to reorganize this because the confused, the tissue is confused. And after years, and I, I tell people I'm a little slow on the uptake, but once I get it, I, I get it. It's, it took me a little while, mm-hmm. but once I realized that, oh my goodness, the same thing is happening in my soul. My, my soul, because of the traumas, has been extremely confused. And in that confusion in my soul, I've lacked lateral mobility in my emotions. So depression was heavy, joy was fleeting. You know, all these things that happened uh, emotionally because of the scars that were on my soul. And all I needed really was to a talk about it first, get it out because that's the only way that we can really kind of lay things on the table and take a look at them, talk about them, and then work with somebody that understands how to reorganize that confusion. And that's kind of been my, my journey. And and that's really kind of uh, what my book is about rescue to recovery. It's really talking about that journey between, you know, from, you know, complete, I have no clue why I'm the way I am and why I react to things that I react to, because they were very different than 
what I would call normal people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that journey from, okay, I'm, I'm reacting this way. How do I, how do I get out? How do I get out of here? Mm-hmm. How do I get back to my best life? How do I, how do I live my best life? Yeah. And so that was, that's what the book is about is the journey. But, but the connection is that scar tissue is scar tissue. It's confused tissue and it creates pain and it creates a lack of mobility, whether it be emotional or physical. Wow. I love this, Tracy. I think this is amazing. And I think this is true. And I am, I am with you. I believe in this as well. And I've never spoken to anybody that has articulated this so clearly to me, you know, tying the two together. Um, So I hope all the listeners are enjoying this as much as, as I am, um, because this it rings really true. I mean, and I think this is exceptionally deep. So you might have to listen to it again. <laughs> I know I will <laughs> to understand, you know, a little bit more about it, especially if you're, if you're in the middle of it, right. If yes. you're going through something like this, you might think, what are these two ladies talking about right now? <laughs> because, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. It's really deep stuff. And, but the amazing thing is, and, and you know, uh, my message, you know, kind of where I come from these days is, you know, for years and years and years, I was hiding. I was hiding all those scars. I was hiding all those pains. Mm-hmm. And it stands to reason. It's like when you have an injury, you know, you don't want anybody to touch it because you, you're afraid it's going to hurt more. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I get that. But the amazing thing is when it comes to the traumas to our soul, when it comes to those things, actually touching it makes it better. Mm-hmm. Opening it up makes it better. Talking about it makes it better. And I was fascinated at how quickly the healing came once I allowed somebody to look at it. And that's one of my messages is my big messages. If, if you are in the midst of it, find somebody that you trust that you can just tell this to, you know, whatever the intention is behind it, just find somebody that a safe place where you can put these pains and have them go, you're not alone. Yeah. Because that's your first step. Because when we hide, you know, we're in the dark, we're in shadows, we're, we're trying to keep things away from people. But when we open up and we, we kind of come out of our hiding places, that's when we can live our best life. That's when we can open up to the joys. That's when we can really step out of playing so small because my world got very, very small, mm-hmm. um, you know, because you don't want people to see you. And, you I know. understand. I understand that completely. I feel like you're just talking directly to me right now, Tracy. <laughs> no, I, I get that. And, you know, my listeners, you know, know this about me, you know, I, um, back in, in 2016, this is one of the most devastating things that's happened to me in my life. I, uh, lost my brother very suddenly, uh-huh. uh, in a homicide. Yeah. Thank you so much. And what was interesting was I was doing, I was filming a reality show. So that was going to air in 2017. I was just a contestant on the show, but it was a dating show, but I literally shut down my social media. I shut down, like I left my job, my, I wanted to hide and it was impossible to do it because here the show's coming out and I have to live it all over. So what I decided to do to finally deal with it is I launched this podcast. <laughs> so, oh, well done. Well, it wasn't easy, Tracy. No, it definitely I wasn't. And I still hit a little bit because I ended up talking more about the show and did that. So I relaunched this podcast um, talking about what I really wanted to talk about in 2019. So it took time. But yes. to your point, I was hiding. So I relate so much to this. And I hope the listeners do too, because I think we all have done this in our lives because really when I started to feel free, 
was when I started to talk openly about my experience with losing my brother and being in some kind of public, you know, spotlight during this and the pain that I felt. And I was afraid to share it. I was not ashamed of what had gone on, but I was like afraid of being vulnerable, which wasn't typically me, but I felt instantly better when people started to know what went on. And I'm like, this is so the opposite of what I thought was going to happen. Right. But it's those deep wounds and it's, and, it, and you're right. It's not necessarily the shame. Uh, although certain traumas do, do carry that shame with it, but yes. it's interesting that, you know, you go to those, uh, and I can only speak for myself, but I know for me, I had, I know what those traumas had done to me. Mm-hmm. So you think about what that that pain had done to you as far as you're losing your brother. And for me, it was like, I knew what it had done to me and I didn't want to give it to somebody else because I didn't want it to do that to them. Mm-hmm. And so I was in, in this, you know, rescue ranger kind of thing. I just wanted to protect people. But in trying to protect them, I was shoving myself deeper and deeper into this hiding place. Yeah. And that's that that doesn't serve anybody. No. So, uh, you know, thank, thank God for Tam because she really championed uh, pulling me out in, a min, in many ways that she didn't know because, you know, I was just going to her to, to write a book and I had no idea I was going to write the book that I wrote. But as we started going through organizing and stuff, I realized, okay, I, there's no way I can, I can talk about this stuff because A, I don't have the tools and B, I don't even know where my head is right now. Mm -hmm. So I actually took a year off and did some, some really great therapy specific to post-traumatic stress. And a year later is when I actually started to write the book. Wow. The time is one of those things we need that we need that time to process. We need that time to go, okay, where am I? But, but I encourage people to, to don't just let time and, and sit, let time pass in that time take time with yourself and take a look at some things that you might want to address, you know, yeah. be, look in the mirror for a bit and, and it won't kill you. I promise you, it really will heal you. And, and I believe, you know, one of the things that I talk about is I believe every one of us has a voice that we need to express. We have something in us and a gift for this world. And, and we can't do that when we're hiding because we're only going to give a superficial thing. And people these days, we, we know when somebody's being raw and transparent and open and we're, we crave it mm-hmm. because there is so much superficiality out there. And, uh, and it's, it's really refreshing when, when somebody is burying their soul. I mean, that's where the connection happens. 100%. And it's interesting you say that too. I, I often say like your, your pain is your power. Yeah, because like once you kind of step into that, which you definitely have. So, you know, once you step into that, it it really changes everything. But yeah, once I felt like I could drop my guard down with that particular thing, you know, that happened to me, I was open about everything. Like now it's kind of just like I don't care about being transparent anymore, because (laughs) if I can help one person with my story, like and I get messages all the time, you know, people are like, I'm so sorry, but this happened to me. And, you know, they feel like they can connect and relate to you and they're not alone to your point, which is really what people want to feel, which is incredible. I tell you, there are so many people that when once I wrote the book, because it just laid it out. I mean, it was just like, okay, here's here's, here's where my inadequacies are, you know? Yeah. But the amazing thing was that I had people that I've known for 30 years, uh, come up to me and say, 
wow, I had no idea, A, that you were there. And let me tell you about my pain. It gave them permission almost mm -hmm. to, to express their pains, you know, and, which is huge because if we could all do that, gosh, we probably wouldn't be lashing out the way that we do. We probably wouldn't be as mean to people because we'd understand that we're all pretty much alike. Yeah, that's very true. Very, yeah. very true. Yeah. So Tracy, I want to talk about your book and then uh, tell people where to find you. So okay. your book, we've talked about it a little bit here and there, but high level view, what does your book kind of take you, take you through, kind of give a recap and then yeah. where they can find it because I would love to read it as well. And when did it come out, Tracy? Uh, it was published in June of 2020. So it's pretty new. It's yeah. about seven months old right now. Mm -hmm. It did go to number one. So I'm very thankful that I'm a number Yay! one. So I'm very, very thankful for that. Um, but uh, it's really, it's, it tells some stories. Uh, it uses some of the Coast Guard stories and it gives you a little bit of backstory on my burns, but it, but it really kind of takes some of those stories and relates them to, you know, how I literally progress, pro progress, progressed, moved through um, from, you know, not understanding why I reacted to things that I did, because I found that I, I ended up reacting um, in anger and rage uh, more often than not. And it was like, it got to a point where, mm, yeah, that that's not right. <laughs> There's something certainly wrong here or, or certainly not uh, some dots are not connecting for me right now. Yeah. So it really takes you from the place of starting to realize that I need to maybe make some changes in my life, whatever those changes might be to um, really helping, I, I hope helping people to understand that it's really not just okay to ask for help, but certainly imperative because we cannot do this alone. We were not created on this earth to be alone and work through things alone. We are relational beings as human beings. And so, um, but I, I, you know, because of my pains, because of the hiding, I was an island. And so it kind of takes you through my journey and it tells, you know, you, you get some good, good Coast Guard stories in there. And uh, so I'm hoping it's, uh, I'm hoping it helps people to just take a look and, and heal, but it's really my process with some some history and some stuff about the Coast Guard and, and my life. So it's it's kind of memoirs, yeah. if you will. But And um, finding it, you can go to my website, www.rescuetorecovery.com. And I believe right up in front, it's got a place where you can, you can purchase it. And if you want it signed, just send me a little note. You know, you can go to info at rescue to recovery and send me a message. And if you want to get on my mailing list, you can do that as well. Wonderful. And I'll include all of that in the show notes in my posts. Uh, so everybody can find you, Tracy. Awesome. Yeah. So this has been amazing. Thank you so much for being on the show, Tracy. You're incredible. Oh, Maya, thank you so much and bless you. And I, and I hope that just a lot of people get to come and see you and that your, your podcast just goes nuts. Well, thank you so much, Tracy. And thank you guys so much for listening to Women for Women Wednesday on My Opinion. We'll see you back here next week.